Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Glenn Willis. We're recording on a holiday weekend. Can I put puns in the intro? It's a holiday weekend. No. The Hawks have Justin Holiday and Aaron Holiday now. Come on, Glenn. Yeah, I, I help me got, through this pun. Uh, I got a few uh, responses around that to my uh, tweets that were not pun con- constructed <laughs> at all. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think that's the full extent of my holiday pun career, right there. Yeah, I know, I, know, I, I know Graham Chapel and will be uh, disappointed that we didn't have a stronger pun game. But, uh, you know, it's late, so. Uh, the Hawks made a deal today, unofficially, I suppose. Uh, the reported deal is Kevin Herter to Sacramento for Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a protected first-round pick. Uh, to to quote Brian Windhorse, that's a very strange trade. Uh, a very strange trade. I can only find one reason to like it, and I won't particularly like that one reason. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear Windhorse. I, I had a super busy day today, so I wasn't following along apart from just Twitter. So I didn't. I I didn't I haven't heard a lot of reaction. And I, when I had a break, I, I thought, oh, I could turn on the ESPN. But I was like, the previous day, it was just KD wall to wall. And I was like, probably only going to hear about Rudy. You know, I, I know how I feel about Rudy. And he's going to Minnesota. And I'm, you know, lived in Minnesota for 11 years and have a ton of connections there. So I'm hearing from my Minnesota people already. You know? So I was like, that's not going to add anything to, to, to my perspective on that, you know. Uh, but, I didn't, you know, I didn't hear that. But it's, um, I, I, I think, probably like you. Um, I'm guessing not surprised it happened. I think we were all expecting for uh, one player um, that's, uh, you know, north of 10 million a year entering this season to get moved a little bit of a kind of cat clearance or tax clearance, to be more specific. Um, but I, you know, I don't particularly like this trade. I don't think it makes them better. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan generally of Justin holiday. I think he's a good player to have on your team. He's a good, solid, reliable veteran. And I think he's better than probably most like average NBA fans know, you know. Um, but I just felt like Kevin give has given them so much the last few years. And I know that as I as the Hawks struggled this past season, fans were frustrated at different times with everyone, and Kevin had his turn kind of being <laughs> kind of being the focus and stuff like that. But um, you know, it, apart from you know, giving them a little more flexibility past this coming season financially um, when they're going to have Hunter uh, presumably on an extension and, you know, and, and looking to do something with DeJounte at some point. So, you know, I I get all of that, but in my mind, they have a a pretty big hole in the roster now that they're going to have to go out and fill. Um, I know that, you know, when I talked to Hawks fans on Twitter and stuff today, it was like, Oh, he's, he's just, I mean, Murray is an upgrade. I'm like, well, you know, Kevin did a lot of stuff for the second unit at times. And Kevin's, uh, you know, ability to sh- spot up and shoot the ball and, you know, trail, trail and transition. And, you know, I mean, he, he did a lot of stuff that helped them create space. Um, and, and I just don't see 
the presence on the wing that's going to give them that much, especially if Bogey's going to start the season hurt. So um, I I understand the process, I think, but I don't like the trade particularly. Yeah, it seems like they're setting themselves up for a uh, a second consecutive slow start to the season. Last season it was injuries, and this season it's going to be okay. Well, they've they've got Trey, they've got Dejounte, they're going to be figuring it out. Uh, Bogey's not going to be there. Kevin's gone. Uh, you're going to have these lineups that are trying to figure out how to do stuff, and they're not going to have spacing. It just feels like you know November is going to be. Meh. Yeah, unless there's another move to bring in a guard, like a third guard that's better than what they have right now. You know, um, I, I view Holiday more as a three. You know, myself, um, and and I, you know, and I do think that, um, you know, some Trey Dejounte, um, Justin Holiday, Hunter lineups if they want to go kind of smaller. I think that gives them some more teeth on the perimeter defense for sure. You know, so I kind of, I see some stuff defensively that is interesting and, and, a, and to a decent degree compelling. I, I don't know uh, how this is going to kind of get all worked out on, on offense, especially if Trey and DeJounte are going to be staggered so that one is on the court at all times. Who's going to be that third guard that's going to give them that secondary creation and that reliably uh, reliable uh, spacing and, and the spot up shooting and all that. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, Aaron Holiday's a, has become a nice shooter. He's never really done it on volume. He's not Kevin Herter, you know, and in addition to that, he's not a particularly good secondary creator, you know, um, in, in that sense. I've heard Sharif's name from fans on Twitter all day long. In my view, he's not going to be ready to really be a solid rotation guy this year. Maybe towards the end of the season, he's getting there, you know. Um, but, I, I mean, there are still moves to be made, I presume, you know, but when I, I went back and looked through the, the list of free agents today and I was like, you know, who would either who's the one guy they might open up the MLE for. Right. Or who's another guy who might play on a minimum. And, you know, I was looking at Dennis is on the list, like, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I mean, that wouldn't be terrible at this point, I don't think, you know, DJ Augustine, Austin Rivers, um, Faku Composo, um, uh, Compaz- wait, I, I forgot Pazzo. how to say his name. Like, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, and um, that's about it. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing one <laughs> or two names there. Right. But, uh, you know, I guess they could make a deal. There still could be an, another trade. They could swing, I presume, one of these draft picks, that you know, the, the Sac- Sacramento pick or something like that. But, uh, you'd think that they're probably going to want to hang on to that one because they're uh, they don't have a ton of picks as a result of that Spurs deal. So I don't really see a path. Do you see a path here? I don't see a path, and and that Sacramento pick feels like it could be a fake first. Like, right? Are are you, are you going to count on Sacramento to be in contention anytime soon? Uh, it has significant protections for a few years before it turns into seconds. That's not ideal. Yeah, I, I I think that'll end up being a first round pick. Um, I say that because the Spurs are going to a rebuild. The Jazz might be going into a rebuild. We'll see. Um, I don't know what the Blazers are actually going to be. You know, and so there's enough teams kind of at the bottom of the West that I think that 
um, with a competent coach, if they can not fire him in the first year, you know, um, and, and stuff. So I, I'm not saying I think they're going to be a, a, a great team, but I think one of these seasons they'll get into the seven or eight seed, um, mostly because some other teams are choosing to bottom out, you know, over there. Um, so, and I mean, like two years from now, what are the Lakers going to be, right? Um, and, you know, there's, so there, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Western Conference. I think it likely ends up being a first at some point, certainly not in the back. I want to push back on that. I, I don't not not actually do it, but I'll just yeah. You haven't convinced me. That's all. <laughs> I'm so everything starts that, at Kevin. the top, and you have to have leadership. You have to have situation. Yeah. I just I don't know. I, I'm not ready to buy, and I don't. I've, I I get why people appreciate some of the players that they have on their roster. I'm not huge in the tank for. Uh, some of the players like Sabonis, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. <laughs> they, they have work to do on that roster too. I went on the Kings yeah. podcast earlier today and they had a great conversation with them and they, they're excited about Herder. Um, they should as, be. As, as they should, exactly. They, they should be, uh, you know, there's going to be less dependency on Buddy. And I, I generally, I like Buddy more than the average person out there, but, Sometimes he's just in some games and some matchups, he's just not functional enough for you. And Kevin gives you so much versatility, you know, in terms of what he can do on kind of both ends of the court and things like that. And we dug into it, but uh, man, the, Haw- the Hawks are going to miss him. And I just don't like if Delon was coming back, I'd feel better, you know, because he could not handle the ball and, and, and kind of get you into some stuff. Some, I mean, there's a base, it's a base, it's not the same level, but he can give you a baseline amount of getting into a set, getting into actions and handling the ball safely and things like that. I don't, you know, I don't know where it's just going to come from. So today I was actually wondering, like, are they going to bring Lou back? Like, is Lou coming back? You know, and uh, yeah, I, I was like, I, I, I don't think so. But I was, uh, he was like, as I scanned the free, just I was like, oh, there's Lou. And like, you know, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if Lou's back. But on a minimum, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm. I mean, I I kind of feel like uh, Delon Wright would have been a little bit redundant. I mean, if if you're truly following through on the plan of you know Trey or Dejounte is going to be on the court for 48 minutes, then. You know, I, I can get, you know, why you would want to go with Aaron Holly. It just seems like you need you need more shooting. You need, you know, more playmaking from the wings. It just feels like they're foregoing that. Like you're, you're taking a step back when, when you're, you, you can't count on Justin Holiday to make plays on the wing. As much as I like what he does in a lot of areas, that's, that's not going to be his thing. Um, he, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's improved so much. It's funny to say because he's 33 now, right? And um, I, God, God bless the people that, you know, continue to get better and better. But for sure, he, he's not in herders category as a playmaker. I, I, I'm, you know, quite a bit older than, than, than Justin. And I, I'm, I, I'm coming out of kind of a period where I couldn't work out and I'm, try, I'm trying to get better. So, you know, so, you know, 
I mean, Vince was like an inspiration to me. I, and I you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and stuff and all that sort of stuff. But like today, I had a good like two hour workout and felt really good about it. And I was like, that's that's pretty good. I like to be proud of. But I mean, Justin just keeps has cut kept getting better. And he's not a guy you're ever going to see. Like, let's put him in the pick and roll. Let's run, you know, the stack set, get him out to the three-point break and give him that slot, you know. But move the ball to him on the weak side. He can take the shot or he can he has enough of a handle now to attack a closeout defender running at him, chasing off the line. He can he can attack the paint. He can make some basic passes, which is really what you're looking for. Is like, hey, if the guy from the weak side corner crashes in after you're attacking your closeout, he can make that pass. So this is just a solid veteran reliable guy. And I think he's going to be fine. My question is who's going to be the other guard. Like you need three really good, reliable guards that can have enough offense, you know, cumulatively. And that's just not there right now. So going to have to sort that out. I mean, uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they, you know, we'll try to go find more playmaking at the power forward position. You know, I, I, I mean, at this point, free agency and, and all that sort of stuff, I don't know what that looks like. And the number of teams that have kind of used their trade assets and things like that, that maybe maybe something comes available after a KD move finally happens. You know, maybe half the market is still kind of locked up, you know, around that. Uh, I don't know. But, man, I, they, I don't know what they're going to do with that to find that third guard. So I, I'm beating a dead horse now, but it's – this is kind of bad for the roster next year. <laughs> yeah, and the thing that kills me is like you're, you're 20 minutes from the press conference to introduce the player who would have been the perfect player to put next to him. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways. I mean, Kevin, Kevin being the third guard to Trey and DeJounte would have been beautiful, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this, this, this is Kevin going to be mad that he's not starting or, you know, I, 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 I never, Kevin's never come off that way to me. I, I've never kind of detected that. I mean, I mean, we, you and I've talked like on a really, really good team. Kevin probably is the third guard, you know, in most situations, but the third guard is super important. Like your seven, eight man rotation, your third guard is better be as good as most almost as your starters you know your other starters your non-star starters yeah so yeah like a third guard on a playoff team he's perfect yeah and i he's mean like, like just the right change of pace to both of them like if trey needs a, you know he just he would fit next to Jante. he would fit next to trey it would work like you know yeah. you, you need the change in styles uh yeah, yeah. for, I, for sure disappointed yeah and and the way i look at it now is like well they better keep jc because of you know they're gonna need you know a ton of points at the rim <laughs> you know and some spacing that, that, that he gives you i know people will say like nobody cares about jc taking threes i don't think that that's true you know it, I, I don't think it's as true as people make it sound you know he's not a huge volume shooter but jc has a lot to offer on offense and you know and even though that's not the gap you and i are talking about if you can get more offense from the four to the five, it, it, I think it gives you a little more flexibility on what you do with your third guard potentially. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, like Boston just went to the finals and they went out and got Malcolm Brogdon because they didn't have enough guard play, you know, like they would try to, you and I talked during the fight, during the conference finals and the finals, like they would throw Pritchard out there because they needed his ball handling. Right. And he would get murdered on defense, you know, and uh, so they went out and got Brogdon. So if you, you know, and they have you know, Tatum and Brown to 25 point 
you know, scorers at the three and the four all the time, depending on, uh, you know, what position they were, we're calling everyone and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work out. Like are, are um, you know, are, could they get like Pat Beverly from Utah now on a, you know, I don't think it can be aggregated. So it'd have to be kind of a, you know, some sort of a singular kind of trade there, or I guess the Hawks could join that deal in, in a way that some teams do. So, I mean, so, I mean, it's like, if, if Utah's rebuilding, do they really want Pat Beverly, you know, and does Pat Beverly want to be there if that's the direction they're going? Right. I don't know. So, I mean, there, there's, so there's a few things like that, but if you bring in Pat Beverly, he's, he's um, what, probably 70% of the salary that Kevin would have had this year, something, something like that, you know, right. which is not nothing, but, you know, so, so maybe there's a maybe there's a deal out there. Maybe they can turn Harkless into something. You know, if, if they don't want to keep Harkless, I know that when I think about Harkless, I'm like, is Nate going to play him in front of Jalen all season long? That would be frustrating for fans. You know, um, how yeah. good is he now? You know, that's a question too. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you would play in front of Jalen, but I could be wrong. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be shocked though, right? I think I would be shocked. I guess. No, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. He's a good, reliable veteran defender. For sure. That's, that's what Nate values. Like, yes. you know, seems like above all, um, you know, it, up, up until the last few years, he was a, you know, a good catch and shoot guy. You could put him in the weak side corner and let him, you know, spot up. He hasn't really made shots the last two years for whatever reason and he's had often on knee issues and you know i was joking with someone today that he and bogey can have a contest to see whose knees in the worst <laughs> in the worst shape um you know hopefully they're both in, in good shape kind of coming in but you know to me when i look at that harkless i think he's making 3.9 just going from memory it's like okay that's the if the hawks enter the season just above the tax that's the guy you move with the deadline to get your duck under. Like that's the, that's the salary, like uh, that you're looking to kind of attach right. a, a second round pick to, or whatever it is. Right. To. Yeah. And so I, I imagine, I imagine when, because of that, they carry him in and he's the guy that jettison if they're not playing well enough to warrant staying over the tax past the trade deadline. That's how I see him. Yep. That's, that's, uh, that's what I, that's exactly the way I was looking at it too. Um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. I had a question for you. Mm. Well, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, you mentioned a little bit about Justin Holiday, but we were, I think, speaking specifically in the context of playmaking. Uh, oh, I remember the other question now. We'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> but, but, but tell me more about Justin Holiday, but besides just you know, where you think his playmaking is at just the overall player. What are the Hawks getting from Justin holiday? I mean, he's a really good team defender. He's a solid on ball defender. He's has a ton of length. Um, and, you know, and Hawks fans that have been watching for a while, will remember his, his first time through when he could get on the court, <laughs> can't get on the court for bud, you know, and, and all of that. Um, but just, he's, he's gotten a lot stronger um and and just things like his footwork and his 
the nuance he has around steering a, a ball handler in a certain direction, not letting him get in, in the direction that they want to go, jumping to a side, knowing the tendencies of the ball handler. I mean, he's a professional defender now. I mean, and, and I think he's going to help them on defense. I have no doubt about that, right? He's going to help them on defense and for where their gaps are, you know, and in some ways I think he's going to help them more than Kevin would have helped them uh, on defense because Kevin good chasing, good top locking, good dealing with pin downs and flare screens, all that sort of stuff. Justin, you can put on the ball. And last year we all know they didn't have really nearly enough defenders that could just put it at the point of attack and put the ball. Justin can do that. Right. So I think at the, the part of like adding Justin, I like that. I like Justin on this team. I like that a lot, you know, for sure. Um, but he's 33 years old. He's on an expiring contract. You know, that's the part that just, you know, is hard for me. Uh, and on offense, he's not, he's not going to make mistakes. Like he's going to, Set up on the weak side. He's going to lift when he's supposed to lift or shake, whatever we're calling that these days, when he's supposed to do that. When he catches the ball, he's going to read the defense. He's going to take the shot that's there every single time. He's not going to hesitate, which is really valuable in the NBA in 2022. Like I said, if the defender gets there, chases him off. I mean, literally like maybe two years ago, but certainly like three years ago, he had almost nothing when he got chased off the three-point line. Just the, the handle was you know, rough and decision-making wasn't there. And, um, but he's made himself into, you know, a guy who can really attack that closeout defender and kind of do the things you want to do, either attack the rim uh, or, you know, collapse the defense and make the kickout pass or that drop-off pass, whatever it is. So, um, you know, thinking about him playing, it's, it's interesting to think about this because thinking about him playing with Trey and DeJounte, he's a nice fit there because he never has, you know, he's off ball. He gives you kind of, all the basic stuff you're looking for, plus a, a little bit more, but it's really, really, really reliable. Um, and but you know, I assume it's going to be Trey Dejounte Hunter at the one, two, and the three. You know, um, and so is Justin playing with DeJount, like if Dejounte's running the second unit offense, so to speak. You know, uh, what does that look like? Because he playing, I think him playing with both of those guys is really good on offense. I think it's a really, really good fit. So who knows, maybe Hunter comes off first of all the starters and comes back and helps run the second unit offense, you know, or something along those lines. But I would hope we see a lot of time where Justin's on with both of those guys, because I think that I think it's a great fit. So, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I'm happy that he's coming in. I think he's a helpful guy. I think he's the, he's the kind of defender they need to add. And I think he's competent enough on offense to, to uh, you know, punish when the defense can force the ball to trade Jante's hands and things like that. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled with that addition. Just don't like the process that got them there. I think you tweeted something earlier today to the effect of uh, maybe it was sort of a full roster thing where you just kind of looked at, you know, what the depth chart might look at for today. And you said something to the effect of, uh, you know, that this was setting up well for the Hawks to execute their red defensive scheme. Yes. Where they do some selective one to four switching. Yeah. When you say that, are you, are you sort of indicating that, that they're just, if you look at the overall roster, it's more ready to, uh, just be ready for switches in general, because when I was looking at it, I was thinking in terms of, you know, they could do some stuff with a Kongwu and do some really switch heavy lineups. It would, it would sort of look like what we had in golden state 
where, you know, you're, you're trying to avoid some switches with Steph Curry. That would be sort of, you know, the parallel here with Trey, but then you could do all kinds of switching, you know, with everybody else because it just, you know, Aaron holiday, Justin holiday, uh, you know, maybe a couple of years down the line, somebody like AJ Griffin, you know, these all seem like guys who might be able to, to, to do even more switching than, than just one to four. Like if, if you don't have Clint and you have Onyeka in there, uh, is, is that what you were, you were getting at? No, I, I see it. I, because of who the head coach is, I see it being more one to four switching. I, I don't think Nate's ever going to be a guy that really wants to get his center regularly, like well away from the rim in the paint. Right. Um, is that the right thing or not? I think with Clint, it's the right thing. Like I, I'm guessing most fans um, that uh, haven't had a chance to kind of dig in on what is the red scheme, because the red scheme isn't automatic one through four switching. It's rebased, right. right? It's selective. And oftentimes it's the center calling that out because he's seeing how much space has been created between a guy that's staying attached to a guy or a guy getting separated from a guy on the perimeter. And Clint is awesome with that. I mean, Clint is really, really, really good at calling all of that. And also what I like for Clint and Onyeka is that uh, different from the drop, which comes with all the kind of modern problems that come with the drop, it's still useful if you play it well, right? But you can get your big up to the free throw line, right? And kind of get a little bit more presence, a little higher on the floor um, to kind of close off would be driving lanes, cutting lanes and, and, and catch that stuff a little bit earlier. So for me, that, that's what I see um, themselves lining up for. I mean, I, I don't know that I want Clint at this point in time, kind of in a one through five switching. I'm, I'm no, with no, you. No. I think, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I think Yeka is, he still has a little bit of kind of footwork improvement, I think, that's needed on the perimeter. But for how young he is, like he's way out of the curve, you know, around his ability there. And so I, I think that's an option. And I think it has to be an option if you're thinking about going deep into the playoffs. You've got to, you know, you've. I think you've got to have that, that card at least in your back pocket. Like we're we're just going to switch everything on a late possession in the game, short shot clock, you know, whatever it is and stuff. So I still love the idea of like them coming in with Clint and then Yucca. And I think when you think about both holidays, uh, Dejounte, um, Hunter, and depending on who else they kind of bring back. Um, I think that one through four switching is is set up well. I, I also tweeted earlier um, from a Hawks Spurs game this year, like didn't Murray dealing with JC in the post. JC's trying to get position, and Murray's just having none of it, you know. And so I and I've said, you know, I think people will be surprised at how physical Murray is and how well he handles bigger guys, even mismatches and things like that. So that that again leads me to think like I can see like you know last year when they tried to play small lineups it was embarrassing like how little point of attack defense they had one way to mitigate that is through more switching, you know, but even then, uh, you know, they had too many um, uh, below average kind of defenders on the, on the court. You catch Trey and Galawan at the same time, or, you know, what, you know, all the examples that we have and stuff. So, and this year, I mean, they're building a pretty nice, you know, rotation of guys that are capable defenders. And I, I like that. And, and so for me, it's like, okay, they were second in offense last year. They were, what, like 26th on defense or something, somewhere in that range. I can't remember exactly where they landed. Um, can they stay top five on defense just through sheer uh, Trey's sheer genius and all the stuff that DeJounte brings with it, if they can get enough shooting in the court with those two guys? 
can they stay top five, top six, seven, uh, you know, whatever the goal might be there, and then get to 17 or so on defense? Because I think that that's, that's a formula that's workable if you can execute it. I think with this lineup, it's got to be even stronger than that, like or more of a change from previous seasons than that. Yeah. I think there's – I mean, you're, you're going to have Trey, but – there's not much shooting left on this roster. Like John shoots a good percentage, but he's not, he doesn't have any, you know, he's not getting the super closeouts. He's, you know, he's not putting them up with high volume. No. And, and Gallo is jacking them up. Like Jack Gallo is a shooter, 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 right? Yeah. J- but John is, John is, John is a, a guy who, who will shoot, you know, um, but he's just as happy to put the ball on the floor, you know, if, if the closeout gets there. And so I don't know if John's ever going to – John's never going to give you the spacing Gallo does. Gallo can set up two full steps above the three-point line. You know, so I, I agree with you, right? And, I mean, I I think, like, and there just aren't many holes on defense. Like, okay, Trey's a below-average defender. Like, bogey, too. Like, okay, who else? Like, right. the rest of the rotation is, like, really good defenders. Like. Yeah, especially if you have JC's a healthy there, Clint, like that's yeah. that's going to be yeah. a good defense. It should be above average. Like you, you were saying, like seventeen is a goal. Like I think they're going to really struggle at times on offense. Uh, you know, just partly just because of all the change, but also they're not going to have the spacing. You know, you're going to have Trey and Dejounte trying to figure out how to play with each other, and you're not going to have you know great playmakers or great spacing out there with them. I'm I'm very nervous about that aspect of it, but you know if you could do enough to to hide Trey, you've got a lot of really good defenders around him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if they do better, if they get to 15 or do better than that, that's great. Um, I I think it's hard, no matter how many roster how much roster change you have to go from like 26 to say 12. Uh, it's hard in one in two seasons. I think that's possible, but there's there's habits that have to be built in and. There's some chemistry and, and rhythm and flow that has to be built in too. And part of that is how how fast like can you hit hit your stride in like uh late November or do you not hit it until like late January? You know, I mean there there's a there's factors there around kind of how, how that works and stuff. And then um, you know, and I agree with you. I mean, man, they're gonna need bogey shooting on the court a whole bunch. And and Bogey's better switching in the red scheme too than he is you know, trying to chase guys over ball screens straight up, you know. Um, so you know, well, a lot's riding on Bogey's knee, right? <laughs> I mean, a lot is riding on Bogey's knee right now. But maybe maybe there's a move that that I don't see yet, you know, um, that uh, that they'll make. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. And and I and the other, I think the last part that has to be said. And interested in your reaction is there's a lot riding on DeAndre Hunter, you know, with the way this roster is constructed, especially on offense. You know, there's a lot riding on that. I still believe in him. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm not willing to say, oh, this guy's going to give you 18 a game on efficient. You know, I mean, he's been inconsistent enough that I think you're like, I, I think he can do it. I think he's capable of it. And I believe in him. And I believe in him getting a shot, you know, but anyone who's like, man, I want to see a little bit of a first before I kind of buy into that. But right now, offensively, the way this roster, roster is constructed, there's a lot riding on what DeAndre brings in offense next year, in my view. And can they, can the Hawks do something like 
what we've seen with some of the James Harden teams over the years where you could play bogey as sort of a nominal four on defense, but have him out there for offense because you've got, you know, if, if you have opponents that have sort of strong offensive threes and you could have somebody like Hunter or Holiday, you know, defending at the three, uh, can you have bogey defending some fours that aren't terribly scary so yeah, that you can sure. have him out there with Trey and DeJounte? Because it just seems like you're going to need that. Like, I feel a little bit like it's going to be harder for, for John to have the value that he's had given the changes that are coming around him. And you're just, you, you're just going to need a power forward who can shoot more. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think pairing him with Hunter, I mean, Hunter, you can slide up to smaller guys, right? Um, Holiday fits well. So if the two forward spots are, say the three and four are bogey and Justin Holiday, bogey and Hunter, I think that works. Jalen even potentially too. Um, I like, I, I think Jalen's a better defender at the three than the four. You know, I've talked about that. Maybe three years from now, he'll figure out kind of how to be in one of the big man spots, but he's, he's a long way off uh, for me on that right now. So, so I think that's a possibility. Um, and I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of smaller lineups this year. Um, you know, the, the big thing for me is like, are they going to trade JC for a, a wing or a guard? You know, is that going to happen? You know, and I was looking around like today, like who might they be? And I was like, would they trade JC for Mike Conley? Like, you know, would that, would they, you know, I know everyone's talked about the other Bogdanovich, you know, but I, which is interesting in, to a degree too, because of the phenomenal shooting, um, you know, but, uh, but I was like, maybe, maybe Utah could get more, you know, for Conley. I, I doubt it. I don't, I mean, I don't know, but, but the salaries kind of match, you know, so I was kind of looking around today and it was like, um, you know, how, how's that going to look? How's that going to work? I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so much does come down to, it, are they going to move JC the way that all the noise has suggested so far? And if they do it, are they going to kind of solve this herder gap problem with that? I, I mean, time will tell, you know, I have, I have no idea like uh, what's possible there, you know. Uh, what, what am I forgetting to bring up here? Is there any topics that we've missed? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I may, and I, you know, we don't have so much time up, but I'm, I'm still anxious to see who Nate gets to replace Gent spot on the, on the, uh, on the bench there. And it was interesting because a guy, asked, someone asked me on Twitter today, and I was like, you know, Nate pretty much always goes back to guys he's worked with before and had before, and then so I was like looking back, like, oh, who were the guys he had all that, you know, in Indiana, he, you know, where he was, uh, he had both with. holidays, didn't he? I mean, oh, you're talking about coaches, coach, but yeah, coaches. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I think, I think if I had to put money on someone, I put money on Popeye Jones right now. He's in Denver, and Denver just brought in Ryan Saunders, and um, you know, and uh, so you know, I was like, where's Dan Burke? And I was going back through kind of those Pacers, and Dan Burke's in Philly with Doc, and presumably in a good spot there, but you know. So, I mean, I, I that's going to be a – I mean, I think that's going to have a major impact on the season too. I think that's a big, big deal. Um, and especially if he can get someone that can come in and help with a little more offensive creativity. And I trust Nate to coach defense. I, I so still you're, do. you're not expecting um, – I think he's great si- at kind of – Oh, sorry. You're not no. expecting a situation where 
they sort of backfill on the back end and everybody else kind of moves up a seat. Well, I mean, we talked about, I wouldn't be mad if Matt Hill moved up to the front row. I think Matt's talented and uh, he's worth kind of keeping around and all that sort of stuff. But, but when someone asked the question, I was like, well, Nate's going to go back to his guys, you know, the guys he's had, you know, wherever that was and stuff. And Pipe Jones kind of just jumped out to me like, Oh, you know, I don't, he's not the lead assistant in Denver. And so he could be the lead assistant Atlanta, you know, I, I don't know. So is it, I, that's the name I just threw out there. It's like, if I had to put money on someone, I have no idea. Right. But it's just, I want to just come back to, it's a big deal. Like what happens with that spot to me is a really, really big deal. Interesting. And so, you know, I, those things usually come like in, when the when summer league's going on because that's when all the coaches are there, all the management are there, and that's when you know kind of uh, the networking and quote soft interviews happen and things like that. So you know we're what about a week and a, a little over a week from summer league starting for the Hawks in Vegas, and uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. But um, I'm anxious to see what happens the next few days. You know, to see uh, if they can find a way to um, backfill what Herder was giving them. Uh, it's going to be an adventure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you t- taking the time to do this, Glenn. Yeah. Look, enjoy the conversation and uh, may have to do it again here a couple more times <laughs> you, in the next few days. We'll very, see. You very well might. Have <laughs> so, a good night. Sounds good. Thanks, Kevin.